It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources, the extended edition today. We'll be with you all the way until 3 o'clock when we'll turn it on over to our good friend Jeff Kaplan, who will get you home safe and smart, as always. And uh, as always, I want to make sure uh, you're weighing in on what's on your mind, what you're hearing, seeing, and sensing out there. Uh, you can always send us a text on the Utah Community Credit Union text line. That is 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line. Only when it's safe, safety first. There you go. All right. Uh, we are ready to roll. We've got Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox uh, joining us from somewhere in the great state of Utah. I can't even keep up with you anymore. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing great. I, I am safely in the confines of the studio. Where are you today? Let's start with that. Well, I am actually in uh, in Orem, of all places, today. There you go. And uh, tell us what you're doing in Orem. Well, I'm actually with my son. He's leaving on a mission this week, and uh, this, we're saying our goodbyes and having some fun with him before he leaves. Ah, well, that's that's a good thing, and that's uh, that's going to be a painful Wednesday, but it will be a, a it'll be a good Wednesday in about two years. So that's good. <laughs> we, we can't wait for that, that latter one down the road, but we're we're excited for him. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Uh, so I wanted to connect. Obviously, you're uh, racing around the state, and uh, you've. First in in terms of the gubernatorial race for 2020, and you're you're really trying to take a, a little different angle and a different uh, tack in terms of your approach to the campaign. Give us a little bit of the backstory there. How did that uh, come about? Where you said, "Hey, let's not just do rallies. Let's do something different." Well, this actually came out of uh, out of a conversation that I had with a friend several years ago. He was uh, he was working on the uh, the Romney campaign for president, and uh, he and I had both been involved. And he actually left his job for a month to uh, to go back to, uh, to to the Midwest to focus on some of those really important states. And uh, and and he was working, and and at the end he had spent a ton of time, a ton of money. In fact, both campaigns spent over a billion dollars. Do you remember those were the first billion dollar campaigns right. back in 2012? And it came back a little disillusioned. You know, we spent all of this money and uh, and all of this manpower, and and what did we get? Well, you know, we got probably the same president we would have gotten if we if we spent nothing and uh, but but not only that he he asked the question to me he said is the is the world a better place because of these political campaigns and uh, and the answer was was clearly no not because anybody did anything wrong it's just 
the way campaigns work today. They're, they're divisive. Um, we spend, again, a lot of money usually to tear the other person down. And, and it started a conversation uh, that, that we've been having now for several years about could campaigns be a force for good? Could the, the world be a better place at the end of a political cycle, uh, regardless of who won? And, uh, and that, that's really what sparked the, the discussion and the idea. There you go. That's uh, so so important. You know, I uh, I would often be the the gatekeeper to a lot of candidates uh, trying to get endorsements uh, back in my chief of staff days, and that was always the most important question. Much more than how are you polling or how are you fundraising, uh, I would always lay out the question, and I'd, and I'd love your take on this: uh, is what's going to make all of this worth it? All of the headache and all of the heartache and pain and late nights and early mornings and no sleep and bad food and all of that, what's going to make all of that worth it, even if you run and lose? Right, Boyd, and that's that's how I felt. Look, I I don't know anybody that really loves campaigning. Actually, I do know a few people, and uh, they they probably shouldn't be in office. That's right. For every for everybody else, it's it's pretty awful. And and it was certainly daunting for my wife and I and my kids. One of the reasons that we were hesitant to get in was because we know exactly what it's like. Went through the 2016 race with Governor Herbert, and and I've seen it up close and and very personal and. And unfortunately, it is so personal and and it is hard to get up for that. And and not only that, but I think most people, most of the citizens of Utah don't enjoy that. I mean, we, you know, we hold political rallies and the same people show up um, every time. You know, it it doesn't broaden beyond beyond kind of the the insular uh, political groups. And, And so. But what we found is that people do care deeply about their communities and they want to make it a better place. And if we're doing a service project, people will show up, a lot of people, and people that may not normally show up to a, to a political rally. And then that gives us an opportunity to talk about the issues that are important to them and uh, and have a really good discussion and, and feel better about ourselves. I can get up for that. Citizens can get up for that. And, and again, hopefully it leads to uh, to better politics and better races. All right, if you're just joining us, we've got uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox on the line with us as he uh, continues to march about the state uh, on his campaign for the uh, governor in 2020. First uh, first candidate in and uh, lots of other rumblings out there. Uh, I want you to to share with us what is it that you've been finding? So you've been doing rather than these, you know, traditional campaign rallies with speeches you, you've really tried to center things around service projects, as you mentioned, doing things in the community. Uh, give us a, a quick insight here in, the, in our last couple of minutes in, in terms of some of the conversations you're having uh, as you travel around the state. Yeah, the conversations have been been the best part of this by far. And and again, going to all 248 cities is different as well, which was important to us. I, I live in Fairview, a, a small town of about 1,200 people, and we, we rarely see candidates for statewide office there. And, and so... For many of the, many of the people we're visiting, it's the first time they've ever had a candidate for governor come through their town, and and we're talking about yes, we're talking about the issues of the day. It's funny people want to talk about the inland port, even though they have no idea what it is or why it's controversial. <laughs> um, some of those things that have clearly both broken through, but mostly they want to talk about what's happening in their community. They want to talk about their children. They want to talk about the the lack of jobs or the growth that's happening. It's it, it, it becomes a much more intimate 
intimate conversation about extremely local issues than you might get otherwise. And, and that's been really the best part of this, because we're not just doing service projects, but we're also knocking on doors in these towns and going in people's living rooms and sitting down and having those conversations and finding out what really matters to them, what they're scared about on the national level, the state level, and the local level. And, and that's been incredible, and it's certainly changed my perspective as, uh, as I move forward in this, in this race. Yeah, so as you as you do move forward, and obviously things will really heat up, I think, once we get past Labor Day. Uh, I've always said that, you know, elections are, are not about what was or what is. It's it's always about what is next. And so as you look to the fall, as you look to uh, sharing your vision uh, with more and more of the people of the state of Utah as you continue on the campaign trail, uh, what is what does next uh, look like for you? Yeah, so. So next looks like a couple things. Again, one, for, for many parts of rural Utah, there is still economic trials. We're still struggling. The jobs aren't there. Um, the uh, the pay isn't there. Uh, people are, are don't want their kids to leave. They want, they want a place, they want an economy where kids can stay. And so that's critical. We, we have kind of the opposite side. Uh-oh. That is, um, kids can't stay because the economy is too good. Um, and, and we're seeing that growth. And, of course, the, the price of housing is exploding, making it harder and harder for young people that want to come back to come back. And, and so those are those are similar issues, but for diametrically opposed reasons. And I really believe that those are the, the two biggest issues that, that all the candidates are going to be focusing on. And, of course, education is at the heart of all of sure. those. We want our kids, whether they're in rural Utah or urban Utah, to be able able to get a world-class education and then be able to provide a, a great living for their families and do it close to home. And that's what we're all hoping for. That's, that's what most families want, and that's what we're going to be focused on. All right. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, one of the happy warriors out there. And uh, as you continue to travel the state, keep that smile on. Uh, you're, you're with the people of the state of Utah. It's a good day. It is a good day, Boyd. Thank you so much, and thanks for what you're doing to spread the uh, the good news of, of our country and our state. All right, fantastic. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, uh, as he continues to travel around, uh, great to have him uh, on as well as we uh, move through the day today. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation, and obviously as we get past Labor Day, things will uh, heat up there. I do love the fact that he is uh, focusing on a lot of community-driven uh, efforts and opportunities to come together to serve, to make a difference, to uplift. Uh, great to have a political discussion while you're painting a fence or uh, doing some work for somebody in need. So uh, kudos uh, on that front for sure. All right, stay with us because when we come back, Senator Mitt Romney will join us live in studio here at KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.